We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, uh, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, when last I was actually talking to everybody Thursday night on your night off, I'm going about my business maybe 90 seconds into the stream and the power in my at my office winked out and it didn't come back on till uh, literally top of the of that same hour. So seven o'clock, I hurry and jump in or call Scott actually before I jumped in. He's like, yeah, I just signed off. I'm like, dang it. So Scott had to rock that whole thing solo, dude, without any warning. No, no, uh, no. He's, he's a good improviser, though. So don't feel too sorry for him. He is a professional. Uh, as you guys know. But Zach, how was your uh, getaway, big dog? It was nice and uh, sounds about on brand for us for something like that to happen. It seems like what can go wrong will go wrong. Definitely appreciate Scott, as always, for holding it down. But, you know, I'm doing good. It was nice to kind of uh, recharge the batteries, shut everything off, get away from my phone, and uh, kind of enjoy myself before training camp rolls around. And guess what? We're literally days away now, which I'm very excited about. I did something similar, dude. I, Me and my best friends from high school, which we all keep in touch, uh, and see each other kind of individually, semi-regularly, but everyone kind of lives in different states or and or different parts of the states and state. And we went and grabbed a – we got a cabin up in the middle of the Rockies, like far away from anything. And it did have Wi-Fi, so I was able to, you know, do some – some keep some content rolling on MHH. But it was fun, dude. Got, got to get away a little bit and kind of forget about my phone. You know what I'm saying? So that was fun. I feel you. But, Zach, what are your thoughts about the Denver Broncos announcing today that they placed Baron Browning, outside linebacker, and Kendall Hinton on the physically unable to perform list, a.k.a. the pup list, while placing Mike Purcell and K.J. Hamler on the non-football injury list? Your thoughts? Um, in terms of Browning, we kind of knew where this was going when he suffered the injury. We had a feeling it would be PUP for him. Uh, Purcell, Hamler, they're also working their way back. It's not surprising. Kendall Hinton was kind of interesting, though, because last I checked, he was healthy. 
And it seemed like from what I read that he's dealing with some knee cartilage issues that they had to clean up and uh, they're going to put him on the injured list to start off. But I think the bigger takeaway here is who's not on PUP to open camp. And that would be Mr. Javante Pookie Williams, which the incredible recovery he's made, the grit and determination that he showed in his rehab and recovery nine months ago, we were all wondering, unsure if he'd ever play in 2023. Now, Nine months later, he's on track to be fully cleared in time for week one. Just an unreal story from Pookie Williams. <laughs> Indeed. That is uh, an encouraging takeaway for sure. Mike, what's going on, brother? Great to see you. hope you're doing well. Uh, appreciate you jumping in early tonight, my friend, as well as David McElrath, a.k.a. the Papa Bear, as he is known in his neck of the woods, rocking his Buckham T-shirt like a boss. Good evening. Right back at you, big dog. Great to see you tonight. He's saying, and he's been counting it down, Zach, five days. Hashtag five days. Uh, hashtag 12 and five, MHH life. Buckham times three with a B. Denver Broncos for life. Really appreciate you, David. Thank you for jumping in early with a super chat, my friend. And, yes, Zach, we are just days away. So today's Sunday, the rookies report Tuesday. Uh, and then things get off and the whirlwind begins on Friday. I remember when it was five months away and um, it was seemed like it was dragging for a while. This has definitely been the slowest feeling off season that I've ever experienced. There's so much hype and so many moves were made, but now that we're five days away, I mean, the excitement is palpable and I definitely appreciate David for counting us down. After mulling it over Zach for a couple of months, I'm sure you saw this while you were away, but the Broncos signed uh, that kicker. Um, Brett Marr, what were some of your, Thoughts on Mark? Because I know you wrote about him a little yeah. bit. We, we've talked about him not as much, maybe on the podcast, but a veteran kicker, he's got that going for him, but um, he's coming off one of the most controversial kicking campaigns of a postseason in recent memory. He's got that going for him, which is nice. I had a feeling we said that on the on pod many times that the Broncos, there was no way they were going to go into week one with one kicker on the roster, and that being Elliot Fry. He of six career field goal attempts. They had to sign a veteran to push um, Elliot Fry and Maher. I wanted Randy Bullock, but Maher's a solid choice as well. Yes, everyone remembers him for his meltdown, but if you look at his stats and what he did for the Cowboys, he was actually really reliable, and he was more reliable, I think, on a per-kick basis, especially from 40 to 49, than Brandon McManus was. So you're getting a comparable kicker, a comparable replacement for McManus, at a fraction of the salary. And listen, if Elliot Fry beats him out, you can cut Maher, I'm assuming, with little financial penalty. If Maher beats him out, then great, you have a veteran kicker at your disposal. I, I like the move a lot. What's interesting um, is that the Broncos had, now this was reported, right, and then confirmed by, this was reported initially, the Maher move by uh, uh, Aaron Wilson, NFL insider, and it was confirmed on Twitter by Mike Kliss, right, but the Broncos could have – usually when they sign somebody, we get a press release. Uh, it usually comes, Zach, like within, say, half a day of when the initial news breaks, like on Twitter, for example. And today, when I saw an email from the Denver Broncos, I fully expected it to say, Broncos announced signing of kicker Brett Maher. But it wasn't. I wonder why they haven't officially announced him. And I, while I'm saying this, I'm thinking I maybe should check their website and see if he's been placed on the roster. 
it could be where they're still working out the contract details. Usually the official announcement from the team comes like days after the signing was first reported. So I'm assuming Maher's a Bronco and I'm assuming it's a one-year deal worth not much more than the vet. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed minimum yeah he's not currently on the site on the on the uh denverbroncos.com list of the roster um so that's interesting but you know the broncos got to figure out how to how to make hay at kicker without brandon mcmanus and as you guys know i was kind of ready for that i was ready for the broncos to do something new at kicker and we'll see whether or not that um ends up bearing fruit or coming back to haunt the Broncos, but the Duchess jumping in with a very generous super chat. So great to see you, Michaela. Thank how you. are you? Hope you've had a great weekend. She says, how about the new kicker, man? I am seriously itching for football. Can't wait. MHH rocks. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. The With the ROX, maybe, maybe we uh, make that into a t-shirt Zach. definitely. And uh, we'll give Michaela full credit because she is the Duchess and she deserves it. But yeah, I think we're all pretty pumped when we're excited about the new kicker, Brett Maher coming in and you know potentially replacing Brandon McManus. But we all can agree on Michaela included that football is right around the corner, my favorite time of year. I'm psyched. By the way, so get this. My Mac arrives, right? And it arrives, it coincides with the night before it got here, Scott saying, hey, there's one last setting that, I've researched and figured out for our graphics card um, to stop the lag thing that's been happening, right? And so far, it's working great for me, he tells me. And then he sends me the details. Guess what? It works. I can navigate now with all my tabs open and do things to like make the show more fun, and I'm not lagging. And I just spent lots of money on a Mac. <laughs> but it's cool. It's cool because I'm going to have multiple uses for that machine, so it's all good. Uh, but that's sometimes, Zach, the way the, the cookie crumbles for your boy. You're welcome for that. Next iPhone, i got to get you off the green Android, then I'll be a happy, happy man. Uh, yeah, Scott goes, as soon as we said that, the power went out <laughs> on Thursday night. But it kind of reminds me of, like, I'm I'm not a um, speed crazy driver, you know, trying to speed around everywhere. Maybe I was a little bit as a young buck, but uh, I am an impatient driver. So, for example... You know, if I'm driving on a two-lane highway or something, you know, it's got the, it's, you know, he's got the broken line so you can pass if you want to, if it's clear on the other side, whatever. 
Um, sometimes I'll be like following someone that's going five under the speed limit or something. I'll be like, dude, finally I'll just pass. And then as I pass and I get over uh, beyond them, I realize, you know, that 50 yards down the road is a, is a semi that's doing 10 under the speed limit. And what did I really avail myself by jumping ahead like that? And, and, and arguably taking a risk in so doing it happens to me all the time, dude, as a driver for whatever it's worth. Um, this is what the Mac thing kind of, kind of smacks of, but I'm going to make lemonade. I'm stoked on it. Actually. I just haven't cracked into it yet because I haven't needed to because Scott cracked the code for what it's worth guys real quick on the subject of the super chat superstars that you are so many of you. Um, we are now 23 days into this month of July I think it's time to do an update uh, for the jersey contest on YouTube. As you can see here, uh, well, first of all, for those of you who are new to us, every single month we take the top 10 finishers on Super Chat. That's cumulative total overall. And their names go in a hat. We do it live for everyone to see, but we do a raffle, and the winner gets to gets a Broncos jersey of their choosing. And so here's your top 10 right now, Michaela has leapfrogged a couple of names to be in sole possession of number one. Love you, Michaela. Troy at, has also done some leapfrogging at number two. GLP, Gary Leeds Palmer, the swashbuckler himself at three. The Lady D, as we call her, Deanna Hendry at four. FA at number five, a legendary mythical figure. At number six is David McElrath. Seven, Najal Toff. Eight, Alonzo Gonzalez. Nine, Sam Bam. And then at number 10 currently, Brent P. And just outside, a couple of the names, Ethan, the DWI guys, Drake Wally, Zeus, McPeak, et cetera. So there is your updated look at the Super Chat rankings for this month, gang. Scott, what's up, dude? Good to see you tonight. He says you guys are the best on MHH. Thank you, bro. Very kind of you. Very kind. And Doug, good to see you tonight. Always throwing support. Really appreciate you on Facebook, Doug. Uh, you the man, big dog. Um Troy jumping in to say, hey, guys, with the super chat. Thank you, bro. So happy that Williams, Patrick, and Skinner are ready to go. Yes, the biggest takeaway here, I mean, I, I think, Zach, we knew that Timmy P had more than enough time to be good to go for training camp. I mean, I can't remember exact number off the top of my head, Zach, but it was definitely inside the first week of training camp last year that Tim Patrick went down with that torn ACL so having in today's modern NFL sports medicine, et cetera, a full year to bounce back, I was never in doubt uh, on Patrick Skinner a little bit, maybe, uh, but Williams, dude, this is such good news for the Broncos that he's far enough along that they're not even, because here's the thing about the pup list, Zach, you can, and, and the same with the NFI list for what it's worth during training camp, you can pull guys back off those lists at any time. So they weren't necessarily the Broncos, Zach, if they had even a sliver of doubt on Javante, they would have risked nothing by placing him on the physically unable to perform list. And yet they did not. It's, it's refreshing and encouraging that what the Broncos told us was not a lie. It, it was not conflated. It was not team speak when they said Javante is going to be good to go for week one. And they said that months ago. I mean, we're talking about the combine press conference where George Payton and Sean Payton talked about Pookie and just the fact that they're, kind of honoring their timeline by not placing him on PUP when they when they easily could have. Again, so encouraging, so optimistic. I thought the comment here said meant Aaron Patrick, and I was like, I don't really care about him. But Tim Patrick, I do care about, and he might take a little while to trust that knee again. 
yeah. a la Cortland Sutton, but just having him back on the offense is such a big boost for Russell Wilson, big boost for the red zone unit, for the entire team pretty much. J.L. Skinner, the hard hitter, the I think could be future starting safety back there. He might be a special teamer to open up his rookie season, but once he gets some playing time, he's going to prove why the Broncos got a steal with a capital S. Troy, by the way, dude, you have been uh, on fire this whole offseason. We are very grateful for you uh, and to you. Please send us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com, with your T-shirt size and your address, and let us send you out a little something-something as a thank you for just how consistent you've been, my friend. Uh, that's a time-honored tradition for our newer superstars, so please do so. It's a small thank you um, from us, okay? Michael Davis jumping in saying, hey, priests. I'm cautiously optimistic about the new wide outlook. We're going to get some answers on that this week, by the way, guys. What say you? An old school D with a lighter blue on a white helmet would look fire. Um, I'm, I'm curious. You know, again, we're talking about, for those of you scratching your heads a little bit, the Broncos announced that they are going to put forth a new helmet design to be worn as an alternate in two games this year. And when they first, Zach, leaked that information, they did so with a social media kind of teaser image where the whole thing was whited out. So everyone has then, of course, inferred from that that it's going to be a white helmet, which would be, of course, the first time in Broncos history, you know, taking away the mustard, uh, brown mustard look of the in early 60s Broncos. Once you get to the, the blue helmet, it's never not been blue of some sort. So... We're going to find out on Saturday is the big welcome back day, even though camp begins Friday. So it'll be interesting. But what do you think? He says an old school D with a lighter blue uh, on a D helmet or on a, pardon me, on a white helmet. So I'm wondering here, Michael, Zach, and then I'm serving this over to you. The D itself is lighter blue. It's not orange. Specify on that. I'm not a big Jersey uniform guy. I, I, tend to go against the grain. I like the Broncos current uniforms, but I can see where Damani Leach and company would want to appease the fan base and drum up some excitement for the season. Not that there's any already. Um, th this is the new theme that NFL teams are going for the all white look, which I do like a lot. looks very clean, very sleek, very minimalistic. I think the Broncos with this D logo that I'm wearing right now, maybe an all white kind of in that, the Rocky mountain uh, theme, I think will look pretty dope. Agreed. Agreed. Um, priests, uh, or, or let's see. Yeah. How he freaking day says, what's up priest. The smell of football is drifting in the air. Let's go Broncos. Hashtag Buckham. And by the way, Howie throwing down some massive big boy stars on Facebook. So Howie, you dumb man. Thank you, big dog. Yes. Zach smell of football. It is beginning to matriculate through the air and being picked up by our olfactory senses. <laughs> smells amazing doesn't it thank you very freaking much howie as always and uh, i'm just so happy we're all coming together and getting excited that football season is there because it, it really is and we've done so many shows so many podcasts so much analysis to get to this point and knowing that in a few weeks the broncos have a freaking preseason game i'm stoked amen um howie thank you again big dog thank you uh george fox What's up, bro? Good to see you tonight. He says, this time next week, we will have some exactly. real football to talk about. That's right, brother. We will. So uh, we'll just continue to kind of take it day by day. But while you're in the middle of it, just like anything, it feels like time's maybe kind of going slow. 
But then once you get to wherever it is you've been anticipating, you look back and you realize, I don't know, maybe time went a little bit faster than I was perceiving it uh, at the time. Um, but I'm just excited it's coming back. So real quick from Albert here. Good to see you. The mile high uh, Dutchy in the house. I hope the Broncos take it slow, Zach, with Pookie. Let him play the first game, but with a rep count. So what are your thoughts on that? I could definitely understand it. I, I There's certainly some apprehension to turning Pookie loose, again, you know, 10 months after the injury, 11 months, whatever, against the team who he suffered it against in the Las Vegas Raiders. You signed Samaje P. Ryan. You feel like P. Ryan could be an RB1, and he's shown pretty much that uh, he can carry a team if he is the guy. There is no point in risking Pookie, you know, having him early on and risking later in the season. I would rather the Broncos, if he's not a thousand percent to kind of work him in slowly. I agree with Albert here, maybe a rep count, 10, 12 touches for the first four weeks and then go from there. But just the fact that he's going to play football at all in the first quarter of the season. Love it. Yeah. I mean, if he's feeling well enough to not even be on a pup list to open, I think he's a lot farther along than, than we could have guessed, Yeah, which tells me that that kind of rep count thing, I be, I'm betting is going to be more of the, the story of the day through training camp and preseason with kind of more of an eye for letting the training wheels off when the season hits. But I'm with you overall, Albert, that I'd rather them not jump the shark on that and make sure that when he does fully return that he's healthy and there's no uh, nothing holding them back at all. So um, I want to grab this one real quick, Zach, from uh, on YouTube. This is an interesting question. Uh, Abrima John, thank you for being in this in the stream this evening. Welcome, thank you for the question. Wants to know, Zach, how is the Broncos inside uh, offensive line unit? So, when you look at the starting trio, or at least projected starting trio, we know for sure it's going to be Ben Powers at left guard. We know with probably like 90% surety that it'll be Lloyd Cushenberry at center. And probably like 99% surety that it'll be Quinn Miners at right guard. Behind them, who do you got? Seventh round rookie, center, Alex Forsyth. You've got Kyle Fuller, a kind of journeyman veteran interior guy. Has snapped to Russell Wilson in regular season games in the past for what it's worth. Uh, who, who else am I missing? Uh, Luke Wattenberg. Mm -hmm. uh, but who else am I maybe missing as interior guys? Uh, no one important. And I was going to say to answer the question that it falls off dramatically after the starters. The Broncos are really good with um, uh, Miners and Ben Powers, but I would love a veteran to come in there, kind of like Cameron Fleming, just to solidify that unit. I don't think the Broncos, Chad, are done here, though. Similar to kicker, they're going to let camp play out maybe a preseason game or two and then sign a veteran who gets cut or who's trimmed down on the 53-man uh, cut day. They can't be done here. They have to add some experience because if Miners or Ben Powers goes down, God forbid, they're in trouble. I agree with that. Um, and I think especially once things start getting kicked off around the NFL uh, with training camp, um, you're going to see some guys get shook loose that maybe aren't available right this second that the Broncos will be able to yeah. uh, swoop up with some of that Evan M Mathis money they've budgeted. But uh, we've been notified by StreamYard that YouTube is having some problems displaying some comments in the studio and that YouTube is working to fix it. Meanwhile, 
Mr. Producer, making sure no one feels left out, has found anything we may have missed that's crucial uh, on YouTube itself. So, Michaela, jumping in with another super chat. Thank, Thank you. you Love you so much. She says, I think the new helmet has the same logo, but white will look sharp with the all blue uniforms. So the same logo they have now, Michaela? Because, I mean, let's see. Where's uh, let's let, let me let me pull this up real quick. Stand by one second. All right, let's take a look at the Denver Broncos. Okay, okay, wait a minute. This this could be interesting here. I just got to do the share screen. Hang tight, one second, guys. Um. Okay, so this is it. All right. So she says, I think the new helmet has the same logo, but white. I think she's maybe talking about your your logo, like on your hat right now, Zach, maybe. I don't know. Because the problem is the Bronco is white, right? The actual uh, Bronco figure, the mane is orange. The head is white. So you'd have to come up with some kind of something to contrast that against the white background of a helmet. But either way, like this one over here, if you can see the uh, – I don't know if I can make it bigger, but the one over here on the right, Zach, that says Riddell Denver Broncos flat, 349 bucks for someone who wants to buy it. That white is maybe what Michaela's saying. Yeah, maybe. I just – if we look at the blue helmet there or that logo a little more – I think it is the exact same one as I'm wearing. You put that on an all-white helmet, that would be pretty dope. That would be my preference. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about this one. I forgot it. You see one that just kind of got bigger right here, this one? I forgot about that one. That's not terrible, but not my favorite. Um, thank you, Michaela. Much love and respect. Um, helmet white Helmet white with the blue horse. Oh, I see. I see. Hey, we're going to get some answers on this on Saturday. So that's something that we can look forward to beyond just the excitement of camp coming back. So Tom with the five dollar super chat on youtube thank you great to see you tonight big dog says guys excited this list is so small hope it stays that way talking about the pup and the nfi list excited for judy to have a breakout season and for wilson to silence some haters yes indeed yes indeed um i'm really excited for judy because zach i do believe wilson is gonna have himself a little bit of a uh career renaissance resurgence i mean even just one year kind of being down in the dumps it's hard to maybe call it a renaissance because you know like kurt warner for example pops finally trying to crack into the league with the rams wins a super bowl he's an mvp all that stuff then he kind of fades into obscurity as a backup to eli manning in new york and like da 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 then he eventually lands in Arizona and kaboom, that's a career renaissance, right? Where the league kind of almost forgets about him for a while. I would think it would have to be longer than a year. So for Russ, I'm just talking big bounce back. And yes, get your sriracha ready. Some dudes are going to be eating some crow. That's what I was going to say. Regardless, uh, he's going to have a, a major rebound from last season. I'm talking about Russell Wilson and the biggest benefactor, in my opinion, will be Jerry Judy. Something I kind of stumbled upon randomly about Judy. He averaged 3.7 yards of separation per route last season. That was third best 
in the entire NFL. So when you're talking about breakout candidates, there is no bigger breakout candidate on the roster as it currently stands than Mr. Jerry Judy. The guy could be a Pro Bowl receiver, and I would not be surprised. Yeah, so this, by the way, uh, before I grab Howie, John's bringing to my uh, attention the 1966 helmet was mostly orange, not blue, and that's the one that I popped just a second ago. Thank you, buddy. Um, Howie, with the season right around the bend, what is the Broncos' plan to beat the Raiders week one? <laughs> a must win, in my opinion. Hashtag buck em. Well, I would sure like to know if the Raiders, Zach, are planning on Jimmy G. Like, when is right. Jimmy G going to be available to this team? What have you heard? I think he passed his physical the other day, so he's good to go for training camp and participate, but you never know when he's going to get injured again. He seems like he's uh, made of glass. The way you beat the Raiders, number one, is kind of pay Josh Jacobs under the table to sit out that game and extend his holdout to week two because he is the Broncos killer, but they traded away Darren Waller. Um, I saw reports that Hunter Renfro, their great slot wideout, is on the trade blocker, seems to be on tenuous ice. All you got to do is let Josh McDaniels destroy that team from within, and I think you'll have a pre pretty decent chance at winning. But this is not the 2022 Broncos, 2021, 2020. The team that has lost to the Raiders for, is it seven games now? Can't keep track anymore. That is Six. not, that is not the same, that's not the same team that the, Raiders are going to face in week one. It's a new Broncos team. They're going to come out with fight and intensity and end that streak. I know it's three years in a row. They've been swept. So that's, that's the unfortunate um, thing that sticks in my craw. Um, so yeah, but to uh, take care of the Raiders, man, they're not that good. They're not that good. You know, we'll see what happens with Jacobs and all that, but um Basically, you gotta you gotta put points on the board. You gotta limit that dude. Uh, why am I brain farting his name? The Bronco killer edge rusher, dude. What's his the, the white oh, boy? Crosby. Thank you. Sorry, Max Crosby. Two X's, by the way. Um, <laughs> so you gotta limit that cat. All right, and you'll probably be okay on offense. So score, limit that dude. Score some points. And Josh Jan Josh McDaniels and and Jimmy G. I don't think will be able to uh, make as very much hay on offense for what it's worth. Um, so we'll see, but there was a question here from, uh, Keith. I want to grab on Facebook says join in late. No worries, bud. What are your thoughts on Kendall Hinton making the roster with a pup designation? Well, honestly, Zach, it doesn't really change my outlook for Kendall Hinton much because as soon as he's healthy, healthy, they'll put him. they can activate him. They're, they're, you know, between now and anyway, the final cut down. So, Depending on, I mean, I remember reports like three weeks ago, Denver 7's uh, Troy Rank saying he's going to be good to go for camp. And now we get this designation. So I wonder if maybe he had a setback or something. So um, if anything, just being obvious here, it maybe hurts his roster prospects because if you're not out there uh, from day one, you're starting, you're not starting from square one. You're going to end up starting from minus square three or something, right? Because everybody else is moving forward. And even though Kendall Hinton had a lot of fans in the previous two regimes, this is a new coaching staff, new head coach, new position coach, new offensive coordinator, the whole nine that he's got to quickly ingratiate himself to if he does want to stick on the roster this year. 
And we all love uh, Mr. MVP, or excuse me, Mr. Pro Football Hall of Famer, Kendall yeah. Hinton, for what he did. But when you look at that room, it's so competitive, and, and you hit the nail on the head. You have to be healthy, and you have to stand out to make your mark. I mean, you're talking about maybe six receivers they keep on a roster that currently has about 11 or 12, and four are set, four are locked. So you're talking about five or six guys competing for two spots, Kendall Hinton being one of them. How does he beat out Marquez Callaway? How does he beat out Lil Jordan Humphrey? How does he beat out Jalen Virgil, Brandon Johnson? All these guys bring something to the table, skill set-wise, and now health-wise, availability. I'm rooting for Kendall Hinton, but I still think him cracking the 53, unfortunately, is a long shot. Yeah, but he is a guy that, um, even if he doesn't make the 53, he's a guy that is still likely to stick around Denver, just because, even though I just talked about how you know, you got to, he's got to ingratiate himself to a new coaching staff. He's one of those guys that uh, traditionally has done that. You know, he's a very scrappy, hard worker, very smart. You know, when his number is called, he steps up to the plate and he handles things um, competently. He exceeds expectations and coaches love those kind of guys. So even if he's not able to say Zach out, uh, outshine, let's say they keep six and he's the seventh or eighth guy. Yeah, they will have to waive him and risk him to the uh, wire initially. But then they can re-sign him to the practice squad, yeah. uh, which at which point, like we talked about last week, you know, they'll have a trio of opportunities to elevate him to the to the practice squad or pardon me, to the active roster without having to risk him to waivers again with those new practice squad rules. So I, I don't think it really when we get back to Keith's original question about how it affects his his outlook, generally speaking, I'll I'll, I'll simplify it by saying. I don't really think it affects his outlook with the Broncos all that much because even if he made the roster out of camp, Zach, this was a guy that was going to be, what, the fifth or sixth receiver on the field. So he's going to be okay, I think. I said it before, and I'll say it again, though. If he is healthy at some point during the preseason, and I, I think he will be hopefully, I would love to see a Taysom Hill-type package for Kendall Hinton. Obviously, he could throw in the past. I know he didn't show it in that 2020 game, but he had college-level uh, quarterbacking experience. He can catch, and I think he can run a little bit as well. So just an idea. Might not go anywhere, but if they're looking for a role for Kendall Hinton, maybe that dual-threat Wildcat role uh, could be his calling card. Indeed. Okay. Um, I want to grab this one real quick from uh, Harold Jean. Appreciate you being with us tonight on YouTube, my friend. Will there be any way, says Harold, one of our rookies or sophomores overtakes a current starter? Like possibly is there a corner or D lineman? So let's talk about like Wazarike, Henningsen, leapfrogging somebody um, at corner. I mean, who are the second-year guys? Damari, he's already a projected starter, yeah. Damari Mathis. But then, you know, last year undrafted rookie uh, Jaquan McMillan, he could be a guy uh, potentially, but what's your answer for Harold? Obviously, Marvin Mims is going to overtake KJ Hamler, most likely his roster spot and his role on the Broncos. Um, damn, good question. Awuzurike, I just, it's when you're talking about the D line, it's so hard to place where these guys are going to play because they only have two starters right now that are cemented in DJ Jones and Zach Allen. Awuzurike could step up in the Mike Purcell role, maybe as the appear nose tackle, though, if they keep Purcell and his $3.5 million cap number, he's going to be the guy. But the major one, the glaring one, is Marvin Mims to me. Yeah. 
Well said. Thank you, Harold, for being with us, big dog. Uh, Michael Davis with the super. Thank you, my friend. What uh, number two tonight? What are your feelings on this year's running back market? He says, I read online a kicker's average salary is higher than a running back in 2023. Pay these guys. They are game changers. Yes, indeed. Um, it's interesting because Saquon Barkley, Zach, has been going off, right? Because they, he, um, Tony Pollard and uh, Josh Jacobs, am I missing one? We're all expected to be franchise tagged. Or, or well, they were expected to be franchise tagged, but they were hoping to negotiate long-term extensions with their respective teams, etc. Saquon, of course, being at the top of that list. Uh, and when the deadline came, Giants didn't have anything in place for him, and he's kind of been raging in the media. And even Philip Lindsay waded in on the subject last week, uh, providing some um, remarks to. I want to say it was Chris Thomason of the Denver Gazette, but I could be misremembering that. So, look, it's the way the NFL is gone. I don't think it's fair that running backs get treated the way they do, per se. But um, in order for that to change, someone has to become the whipping boy. Someone has to kind of take on, uh, you know, it's kind of like the, the scapegoat, so to speak. Like anyone that knows their biblical history understands that the scapegoat uh, was supposed to represent the sins of the entire people. And it was an actual goat, right? And the goat would, you know, unfortunately be sacrificed, whatever. And that was supposed to represent everybody. And that's kind of, Zach, what maybe uh, Saquon has to do here. Now, I'm not saying sacrifice his career, but like stay the course on his threats to hold out and just mm -hmm. not return to the team until they play ball. And if he does that, maybe Tony Pollard does that. And if Tony Pollard does that, then you know, it can trickle and, and ignite into a conflagration that could effectuate change. But if everybody keeps their focus just strictly on, man, I'm not seeing those paychecks hitting my account, exactly. football's being played, then it'll continue on the way it's been. That's just the way it is in the in the league. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, staging a mass holdout or like a coup against uh, ownership is really their only course of action. But all it takes is one guy to say, you know, I, I like that $10 million I'm guaranteed on the franchise tag, $11 million. I then going to break away from the group and, and, and do my own thing. And once that happens, then all the leverage is gone. It, it's wild to me that players like, uh, you know, Saquon, Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs, three elite running backs can't get contracts. Uh, players like Zeke, uh, Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, they're all unsigned running backs. It's the it's the day in the age of the NFL, and it seems like the running back market has been slowly drying up over the course of a few years, drip, 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 and now the the well is dry completely, and it's become a national story. Scott, I was thinking this as well. I forgot to mention it though, as I went on the Saquon tangent. You know, on the subject of kickers being paid more per on average than running backs in the NFL, you got to remember every kicker drawing a salary in the league is technically a starter. Not every running back whose salary factors into this equation is a starter. So um, I would say that that someone would have to do the math on taking all the starting running backs in the NFL, averaging out what their, what that number is. All right. And then comparing that to the average for kickers. And then you'd actually have a true reflection of whether or not that's true. And if anyone's curious, I ran the math myself for the Broncos. Uh, Javante and Pirine will will earn a combined combined 
$5.96 million in 2023. That ranks them 31st and 19th, respectively, in average annual value among NFL running backs. So make of that information what you will. Robert Otteson jumping in with a super chat. Thank you, big dog. He says, been a while. Hi from Nevada. Excited about 24-24. What's 24-24, Zach? You're the syntax interpreter here. I don't know. Um, 24-24. Could he, could he have meant 28-23? Because that's when training camp starts. I don't know. You know, I get the fat thumb thing sometimes when I'm texting. Or, you know, the robot on my phone tries to auto- correct something i'm trying to say and then i don't recognize it till after i've sent it or whatever that happens a lot ah thank you albert got it uh so excited about 23 24 you know i'd never thought about the nfl that way the 23 24 like nba season for example mlb season or uh yeah M pardon me nba season you have to do the 23 24 because the season uh regular season goes throughout both years right it starts in the fall of 23 for example nba it's going to run through the spring and into this uh, of the of 24 and then playoffs happen as we all know in the summer of next of next year nfl even though the playoffs uh are have always been in in that following calendar year of a of a given season like when people say Think about the the 89 Broncos. I think about the 89 Broncos who went on to play in the Super Bowl, got blown out 55-10 by the San Francisco 49ers, which happened in 1990. Is it I don't but maybe now Zach it should be the the 23-24 because you do now with a, a 18 week schedule have regular season games in January now. Yeah, it's not something you usually think about. My pet peeve, though, is like when people, let's say they say the 2016 World Championship Denver Broncos. Th that right. was the 2015 team exactly. that played in 2016. So Holy a little confusing for casuals, but that's how we weed the casuals out from the hardcore. Amen. Um, okay. I don't think we grabbed this because it wasn't a super chat, but from Brandon Reagan, he says, do both of you guys think Marcus Callaway uh, could push for the fifth wide receiver spot? So, Zach, there's two former Saint receivers in, in camp this summer. Callaway, Lil' Jordan Humphrey. One of those guys, I think, ends up making the 53. I mean, there's always a chance both of them could, but one of them will make it, I think, uh, to serve as kind of that bridge guy for Sean Payton. I like Callaway's odds of being that guy more than I do Humphrey. Um, but when you talk about the fifth guy, first let's let's – talk about the, the, the four judy patrick sutton um mims okay so then what's that next group of guys callaway humphrey we would have thrown in hinton we have to throw in brandon johnson uh hamler kj hamler hello um so hamler being on the nfi list that's that's gonna hurt him a little bit but what's your answer for brandon I'm right there and thinking with you, if they keep five receivers, which I think they're going to keep six, Callaway probably has like a 65, 70% shot. There's a reason why Sean Payton went out, handpicked him, and he had tangible success in that Sean Payton uh, Saints offense. If they keep six receivers, I think it's almost 100% that Callaway makes it. The only one that can push Callaway off the roster is KJ Hamler, and they drafted Mims to push KJ Hamler off the roster, and now Hamler is uh, hurt to open camp. So I think Callaway has... 
pretty unbeatable odds to be on the 53. Albert says Drew Sanders might be the number three uh, rush linebacker is what I'm guessing he means here instead of Jonathan Cooper. Hope not. Um, on that train of thought, though, Zach, could you see with Baron Browning officially opening pup on the pup camp on the pup? Sorry, uh, that maybe it kind of alters Denver's thinking of Drew Sanders, kind of like a previous coaching regime had altered thinking on Baron Browning because the initial uh, vision from George Payton GM who drafted Baron Browning was off ball linebacker. And then year two, they moved him to edge. Now, maybe because of this injury to Browning, do you, could you see this coaching staff saying, well, we kind of liked Sanders as an off ball guy that could, you know, be used in blitz situations because Vance Joseph loves to blitz, but maybe because of his pass rushing prowess, uh, in light of the Browning injury, maybe he does move up and is utilized more on the edge. What do you think? I could definitely see it. I just don't want the Broncos to DeMarcus Walker, uh, Drew Sanders. I don't want them to have to make him learn two positions and lose weight, gain weight, and just screw with his year one development, which is the most crucial period for any young player. That's their formative years in the NFL is year one, year two. So I want Drew Sanders to pick a spot preferably inside linebacker, and stay there. Jonathan Cooper can hold the four down for Baron Browning. And what about Nick Benito? I mean, no one's talking about him. He was a second-round pick for the Broncos who did nothing last year. It's time they extract some juice uh, from that squeeze, some blood from that rock, instead yeah. of moving an inside linebacker over to outside linebacker to compensate for that. No doubt, dude. Um, but the problem is Nick Benito's being overlooked because of Nick Benito. I mean, he was a... Uh, quite spectacular failure to launch now we shouldn't get maybe too uh, up in arms over it because he was basically a third round pick right he was the last guy drafted in the second round uh last year um but even baron browning who was a bona fide third round pick he was starting halfway through his rookie year and being relied on out of the gates as a rookie nick benito you could say zach they were relying trying to rely on him but he just couldn't be trusted to uh, set the edge. So his only time spent on the field was very uh, hit and miss, obvious passing situations. And he's he's just got to have more in the toolkit if he wants to stick. So Sam Bam, bro, thank you for jumping in with another, you, uh, with a super chat, bro. So great to see you tonight. He says, hey guys, jumping in here late. Hope all is well. Go Broncos. All is well, baby. It's Sunday. Uh, the band is back together here on the Mile High Huddle podcast, and we are staring down just five more days till training camp. So we're just we're loving it. We're we're happy. Hope you are as well. GLP Zach, the swashbuckler himself. This man goes hard. I, that's all I can tell you about Gary Palmer. Hi, Chad, Zach, and Scott. I'm excited to see what this offense can do. Go Broncos and Buckham. Indeed, man. Sean Payton is going to have. Russell Wilson doing the things he can do. And so he's going to, you're going to see Russ excelling instead of being constantly put in positions, much of which last year for what it's worth was Russ's own request. Like a lot of the stuff you saw from him, man, he asked for that. And the coaches just didn't have the, you know, cashews will, will, will say to quote Zach uh, to tell him no, or to, you know, realize golly, this isn't working. And Sean Payton, you're not going to see any of that. Uh, first of all, you're, he's going to be put in positions to succeed by, by Coach Payton. And if and when Zach Russ wants to do something that Coach 
believes is outside his purview a little bit, he'll tell him no. He'll tell him no, and Russ, I think, will fall in line. No problem. It's good for Russ to be a little uncomfortable with Sean Payton. You don't want him to be too buddy-buddy for the reasons that you just laid out. That's the problem with Nathaniel Hackett, and that's going to be the biggest difference with Sean Payton. But I feel like, and Gary, I, I, I so agree with what you're saying here. We'll know, it'll be apparent in the first preseason game what the new Broncos offense looks like because, number one, they're going to play their starters, unlike Sean Payton's predecessor, and number two, they're going to play, I think, with a much higher tempo, much more intensity, much more driven, just a meaner, nastier, and more disciplined unit, and we'll know early on what that unit looks like. By the way, Zach, question for you. Were you aware that Mike Purcell had suffered an injury away from the facility this offseason that would necessitate him being on the NFI? I don't think it came out that it was away from the facility. Well, that's what NFI is. Yeah. Meaning, like, it happened during the offseason, and it happened not on the team's watch. So I wasn't even aware that Purcell was hurt until I saw this. I mean, unless I am just misremembering. Yeah. Uh, so that came as a little bit of a surprise to me for what it's worth. Um, and they're not specifying in the press release what the injuries are to each person, each player uh, that are going on these lists. So if you didn't already know, uh, if there wasn't already reporting or you didn't know about it, their Broncos are not obligated to specify injuries during um, the summer training camp, all that. They have to be more out front with things, specifics when the games roll around that count. Um, that's what the you know injury report is all about. Anyway. Zach, we're at uh, 46 minutes. I'm going to tell everybody right now, uh, I, I see one more question I want to grab. If there's anything else burning topics on your mind, get it in the chat now. We'll probably dip out of here shortly. But, Zach, I want to grab this from Keith. He says, does Fion Hicks have any chance of being a Bronco? Tough competition and some off-field issues. He did get into some trouble in Florida, if I remember this offseason. Um, he says, might be too much. What's your outlook for, for Hicks, who was a seventh-round pick of this team last year? Yeah, I, I, I new coaching staff, defensive coordinator, head coach, no commitment to Fayon Hicks. They didn't draft him. The off-the-field stuff, him being a, kind of a flyer as a seventh, and they have better cornerbacks ahead of Hicks. I, I'm never going to say never for any player. Maybe with a monster preseason, he can work his way to the number five guy, let's say. But when you're talking about even a Sang Bassey in that mix, Riley Moss, Jaquan McMillian, uh, of course, Damari Mathis and PS2. There's a lot of talented bodies there, and it's going to be tough. Like Keith points out here, tough competition for that uh, for that cookie to crumble. I'm trying to see who this is. I'm wondering if it's Big Earn. Because if you're watching from the MHH Superfan stream, yeah, it is Big Earn. Okay. So unless I go to the stream itself on Facebook, Big Earn, I can't see who you are unless you – like right now, if you uh, if you look up at let's see, let me click this real quick. Make sure my oh no no no. If you look at the um, chat box that you see right now with us talking right uh, on Facebook, and you see that little part that says expand the where Chad Jensen, Zach Kellerman sift through the latest rumors, and you can click to expand that. At the bottom of that, all right, you'll see. Uh, it, a link to click on in order to grant StreamYard permission to see your name. So that's what you would have to click so that we wouldn't just see Facebook user. But you know, if we see big earn in the chat, we're always going to give you the shout out, bro. We just didn't know it was you. So much love and respect, big dog. Uh, Mike, 
Thank you, buddy. Always appreciate Michael Ronquillo, a great ambassador for MHH and just a glue guy in our community. So love you, big dog. Um, but Zach, I want to grab this and then we'll go. This is from Mike. Vance Joseph needs to get our inside linebackers started early and often. He had trouble coaching inside linebackers in the NFL lately. Um, what do you think? You think that's uh, perhaps an obstacle for him this year? Yeah, I mean, he fumbled the bag with Isaiah Simmons and even uh, Zavin Collins to that extent as well. But Simmons, you could have utilized Simmons so many ways, and he was having a, a better pass rusher overall drop back into coverage and, and, and you know, run with uh, tight ends and, and running backs and receivers. That was my worry when they hired Vance is how was he going to maximize the personnel? Experience doesn't really matter because Azuro Evero proved that as a first-year coordinator came in and led a top five or top ten defense in most categories for a majority of the season. My worry with Vance is, is he going to come in and is the defense going to play to their ability? They could be a 10, but with Vance, are they going to be a 9.5? That was my biggest worry. We shall see. But I gotta, I feel pretty good about the fact that the two guys at the top of the depth chart are the returning starting tandem from last year, both of whom – for what it's worth, exceeded 100 tackles last season, and one of whom has played for Vance Joseph before. Uh, last one here from John. He says, hey, fellas, this is John. I was supposed to go to the Packers game with my daughter. That's where the meet and greet's happening, October 22nd. But we won't be making it, he says. It is a financial thing. I was looking forward to going and meeting you too, maybe next time. John, we're really bummed to hear that, my friend. Uh, sorry that you can't make it and there will be another time. So let not your heart be troubled. We will uh, plan on seeing you at the next meet and greet. So uh, keep your chin up, big dog. There will be another time, but Zach, should we bounce? Yeah, John, it's, it's tough out there. You, you keep taking care of your house and focusing on your family and what's important. We'll keep doing our thing and we'll, we'll meet you one time down the road for sure. But that was the MHH podcast. If you're not doing so, please follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at mile high huddle. Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL and Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, you know what it is, where it is. But just in case you don't check it out at MHHmerch.com and follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. On Instagram, you can follow us at Mile underscore high underscore huddle and an Apple podcast. Make sure you're leaving your football pre-safe five star review for a chance to win some of that merch, including Bucka merch each and every single month but if anything guys and gals please subscribe like and share this video and every video you see on the mhh channel it really helps us grow and reach more broncos fans just like you that it does shout out to these great super chat superstars and supporters tonight michaela the duchess david McElrath, troy michael davis tom lackhoff uh robert Otteson, sam bam gary palmer and then, of course, Mike Ronquillo throwing down on Facebook. Howie throwing down. Doug Raquel, George Fox, Scott Busby. Much love and respect, you guys. We'll see you tomorrow night uh, and see, you know, if we get perhaps some uh, some news and other things kicked loose uh, ahead of training camp. It's going to be a gas. We'll see you all tomorrow. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. 